We know that building and running a company is hard work and that its success requires great leadership. Because we believe people can achieve incredible things, we want to shine a light on those people who are improving their organizations. Join us as Core Talent's Laura King invites presidents, CEOs, and executives to share their stories on how they have transformed their business and implemented unique strategies to ensure its success. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. Here's your host, Laura King. Hi, Laura King here. Wanted to pop in with a quick announcement. We recorded this episode in late 2019. I want to give you that context as you're listening because you might be asking yourself why our general mood seems different. Our hope is that you invest these next 20, 25 minutes to reflect on your journey and where you are today to offer you perspective from great leaders in our business community. We're simply outstanding for being here. Before we get into the episode, I want to leave you with this quote from Dr. Stephen Covey. This is the single most powerful investment we can ever make in life, investment in ourselves, and the only instrument we have to which to deal with life and contribute. We are the instruments of our own performance. And to be effective, we need to recognize the importance of taking time regularly to sharpen the saw. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. Here we are live with Lisa Hannum of Beehive Strategic Communication. Lisa is founder and CEO of Beehive Strategic Communication, a certified B Corp that has been globally recognized for its inspiring workplace culture and people practices and for its strategic and creative work. Lisa is a purpose-driven leader who believes in the power of communication to build better businesses for a better world. She has represented more than hundreds of brands over her 30-year career, including Verizon, University of Minnesota Health, 3M, Cargill, Beaumont Health, Deluxe, and Coloplast. Lisa is a member of PRSA, the PR Council's She Quality Minnesota Project, and Elevate Network. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. So let's just dive right in. I really want to understand how Beehive came to be. Well, Beehive came to be when I had my first daughter and couldn't negotiate a return-to-work schedule with my employer. That was in 1998. That was 21 years ago, so a while ago. Uh, But I really felt that the schedule I had been keeping working at an agency wasn't going to really allow me to be the parent that I wanted to be. So uh, I went ahead and quit with no plan. Um, so at like that, many entrepreneurs do. Exactly. <laughs> so, But I did have a good background and had a pretty good sense of the kind of work I wanted to do. So my business plan was a copy of the mortgage payment and a photo of my daughter. And that was how I motivated myself every day. And like I said, that was 21 years ago, and I've really never looked back. So in the beginning, was it just you? Was it even called Beehive? Was it called something else? Right. I was on my own for five years and really just consulted under my own name. And about five years into it and two children later, uh, now a growing brood of three, um, 
I decided that I never really intended to be working in the basement. I had worked with great freelancers. This has always been an awesome freelance market, but I worked with great uh, talent who we were able to do really, I think, surprising work, um, considering we're all pretty much working out of our basements at the time. But that's never really what I set out to do. So at that point, I decided that I was going to see if I could go ahead and attract people to the company to build something new with me. Um, And that's what I did. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So bring us up to speed. So today, uh, Beehive is a B-certified organization. Today, we are a certified B corporation. So what that means is that um, we have met the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability. So we take a really rigorous approach to business operations to ensure balance for people, planet, and profits. So essentially, you're in the same category. Just just to give our our listeners an idea, like Patagonia is another B certified corporation. That's correct. Okay. So other brands you might be aware of, Tom Shoes or Athleta Women's Wear. Um, there are a number of them that you can probably think if you interact with those brands, you understand that they may have a give back policy. They may have been founded uh, on the principle of giving back, doing good socially or environmentally. So I think that those, when you think about companies like Patagonia, which now you know invest millions and millions and millions of dollars to save America's you know, natural lands, uh, those are pretty easy to hold on to in terms of how, how it might work. But I think what is really important for leaders and organizations to understand is that when you're a certified B Corp, it's more than just creating a social impact. It literally drives how you operate your business. So for example, this year Beehive was named one of the best for workers globally. That means that we have one of the highest scores of the 14,000 or so B Corps globally for workers. And so it's not just what we do with our culture that's going to earn you that award. Those practices have to be verified. One of the practices that we adhere to is that our salaries are always benchmarked at 95% or higher than our industry's average nationally. So it's those kinds of things that certified B corporations have to comply with, they have to validate, and they have to produce legal documentation that we're doing that work and adhering to those really high standards. So what led you down this path? Well, you know, you asked me um, in a previous conversation about business pivots, and I think we're a 21-year-old brand, and so what we've really been able to track back to is we have pivoted in really significant ways about every five years. Mm -hmm. So after my first five years of freelancing, we started building a company. And we took office space and started adding employees and more clients. And so that was sort of our first foray into truly becoming a company. 
About five years later, you're now into the beginning of a recession that would last for several years. So that was a time that we had to right-size the company. It was the only time in our history we have ever um, had to lay off and, and right-size, but we needed to do the right thing so to sustain the business. What was really great about that time was that that's also when handheld technology was starting to really become available. So that's when the iPhone was introduced, that's when tablets and iPads, et cetera. So we really saw this takeoff in, in digital technology. So we were able to really kind of refocus our firm, our firm to be able to pivot to um, traditional public relations services, but now all the way through digital channels. And so that was another pivot. We really had to crystallize what we were going to do in digital. You go forward to the 20 teens. And by that time, we were doing a tremendous amount of high-level consulting work with our clients. So they were really looking for strategic partners who could help them communicate with employees and customers and communities and partners about their vision, their growth, and they wanted to do it in a very strategic way. Up to that point, we'd really kind of been in this command and control. The company makes a decision, they announce a decision, they cascade the decision, and because of the rise of digital, there was no longer this opportunity or need for companies to really control the flow of information. So it became this multi-log. So we really started working with companies at a strategic level, but then also still at an implementation level for communications. So we've always been a firm that's really strong in media relations, really, really strong in crisis communications, experiential marketing, but we also now we're finding ourselves sitting in C-suites at every client organization we represented, working with them on their business strategy, working with them to reset purpose, mission, values, to really think about what a modern workplace culture was going to look like, to focus on change management. Poor communication is one of the main reasons that change fails inside a company. So we had developed this whole line of business that was really focused on business strategy. And then we also were doing all the digital, social, you know, design, production, video that an agency would do. So now we have these two lines of business. But during that time, we also recognized that it was crucial that we created a modern workplace as well. So that's when we shifted our focus and our commitment to become a purpose-driven company. So that's how we really started to work into this territory to become a B Corp. It's been a journey. It is not a decision that a company can make overnight. In fact, there's about 12,000 companies who are currently um, applying somewhere in the application process for B Corp, but they haven't completed because this is thorough. And it requires a really, really high level of commitment in your operations. So we were lucky. We had worked on it for several years um, in terms of kind of following those B Corp practices. So when we started our certification process, it took us about 10 months. And that's fairly unusual. Usually it's several years. Usually it's several years. Yeah. Am I correct in thinking there's not a lot of others in your industry who are B, or B, a B Corp? That's correct. So um, I just was chatting with somebody who is um, involved in one of our, our association's PR mm-hmm. council nationally, and I think she told me we're the only B-certified 
um, organization, NPR Council. But I think the movement really did start more globally, and it's making its way into the U.S. So right now there's 18 certified B Corps in Minnesota, and we are on a mission to double that number in the next two years because we think Minnesota should have a high, high percentage of B Corps. Um, it is fundamentally in our DNA, I would say here, to really be focusing on people, planets, as well as doing well with our businesses. So people, planet, and profits. And profits. Business balance between. You bet. But we don't lead with profits. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We believe when we do everything else right, the profits flow. And that's been our experience. So if someone's listening to this and is just mesmerized and wants to know more about being a, uh, a B corporation, where would you direct them to? Just go to the B Lab website. B Lab website. Can't miss it. Or you know, go ahead and, and search for B Lab certification. There's an excellent, excellent website, lots of resources. Um, and you can start to get an idea of what some of the questions are going to be um, that your organization is going to need to answer. So we've really used um, the B Lab certification as an opportunity to level up in a number of emerging areas. So that's keeping us ahead in people practices, in governance, operations, social impact. So the benchmark is so high with B-Lab that it really does keep us ahead of the game. But I want to be sure and say, too, that an organization does not have to be B-Lab certified to be driven by purpose. So those are very related things, but it's really, really essential to understand that purpose is about having a North Star, right? So Beehive's purpose uh, shifted in 2016, two years before we became certified, so that we knew that every decision we made would ladder up to pointing directly to that straight North Star, which is using the power of communication to build better businesses and a better world. Because when businesses do better, we all do better. Individuals do better. Wages rise. Employee satisfaction rises. We get to stay productive and positive and focus on the work that's going to create the world that we all want to live in, that we want our children to live in. So these two things are closely related, but you do not have to be a certified B Corp to do the right thing as a business. And I'm sure this, going through this process and, and having your employees also go through this process has made them better consultants on behalf of your clients who, this is so, this this topic is so timely because it seems like every organization wants to make sure that all their employees understand how they roll up and, and to, into the greater purpose of, you know, what, what we stand for. And it's, it's interesting because um, I'm sure you find this too, de- depending on the organization, there can be a very big disconnect between what executive leadership is kind of singing the tune about and what the rest of the employees are. I think the shift, the difficult shift for leaders to understand is that universally, this is not going to change. This is a global dynamic that has shifted. And that's that people's expectations are rising. They want to work for and buy from brands and organizations who believe what they believe and who act accordingly. 
And so that's true for employees. Employees have become very impatient with organizations that have values and don't live them, that espouse you know, their goals and their objectives, and then they don't follow through. So this is, and it's not just younger employees. This has been a consistent rise in expectation all the way through to boomers who are saying, I want meaning in my work and in my life. I think the shift has come that that for past generations, it's taken some time and some wisdom creation to know that you want meaning when you reach a certain stage in your life. It's just that younger people want meaning sooner. (laughs) And while that can be challenging uh, for, I think, employers and for leaders who aren't wired the same way, I think if we all step back and we're open to what this shift is, this is positive. But it does require openness. It requires a willingness to embrace the shift because we're not going backward. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, it was interesting. When I first discovered you, Lisa, you were talking on another podcast about your Be Well program. And I don't need you to go into a ton of detail about the program, but I what what really resonated with me that I'd love for you to speak on is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't every employee start their day with a very intentional exercise? Well, we have nine daily practices that our employees can choose from. We've done kind of deep coaching and support and mentoring in all nine of them. But the foundational place that many people start is setting a daily intention. So they set an intention, you know, if that's how they'd like to start their day. But they basically have to write it out, right? It's not something that they type on their computer. They have like a handwritten. We encourage it to be handwritten, but we're also (laughs) not, you know, going to uh, limit um, how somebody is going to set their sort of focus for the day. So daily intentions, daily meditation. We have a meditation room here. We just completed a meditation sort of all-in practice where our team completed over 200 meditation sessions in 30 days. Um, I'm a daily meditator. That's how I start my day every day. I set my intention, and I have for about 10 years. Um, And it's really sort of game-changing for me in terms of how I'm able to meet my employees, my family, and our clients every day. There's no question that it creates uh, more calmness, more focus, and I think just more positivity. Mm -hmm. I think our team is really, really open to risk, and they're really, really open to leveling up the work and the thinking, and we're very resilient when it comes to doing client work. And that's, you know, client work, working in business today is a challenge. And so our clients should expect that when they bring in an agency, we're going to be able to hold that energy that's going to help them move forward. Well, I definitely feel the energy here. Oh, good. And and there's a um, very much a positive, and, and, and that's um, sort of luckily my superpower in just working with many different organizations from a recruiting perspective is you walk in a room and you can instantly kind of pick that up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think what's really important is that um, there must be authenticity to it, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing happening here that isn't just co-created by everyone coming in with the same agreement. So yes, we have an incredibly supportive culture. We also have a culture that is very high in accountability. And so 
the agreement when you come to Beehive is that you need to come and your worst day neutral, <laughs> right? So, and that, you know, of course we work together as a team. We all live lives and of course we're supportive, but at the end of the day and the beginning of the day, we believe that everything's possible. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we operate and that's the energy that flows through this place and our clients feel it. Uh-huh. And that really creates trust. And trust is what we need to move organizations forward. And I think it's also contagious. No question. You can you can tell when someone's being very intentional mm-hmm. um, to take to take an extra five seconds and take a deep breath before you walk through a room and show up with a smile, mm-hmm. right? Versus, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't you know tell you about this client. Blah blah blah. You know, we do a lot of work on being present and being conscious, mm-hmm. and. Um, I believe firmly, I can say with full confidence, you would never hear somebody at Beehive gossiping about a coworker, a client. It's just not in our culture. So how, if I might ask, what's, I mean, I'm sure it's very low, but your attrition rate? Well, we don't measure attrition. We measure retention. And our retention rate is above 95%. It has been for the last five years. Congratulations. Thank you. In a, in a very competitive marketplace. That's amazing. Very competitive. Um, and it takes focus. It takes energy. It takes resources. So it's important that employers really think about the fact that employee churn is their responsibility. And it requires you and your organization to become very self-aware. So what I can tell you, uh, after being on a continuous journey of self-awareness for mm, a good 15 years, is that once you're willing to look, everything's possible. So that's really what we tell each other. That's what we work on as a team. And that's really how we work with our clients. So something is happening to create those attrition rates, positive or negative, and you have to be willing to look absolutely in order to move the organization forward. Couple, couple other questions. Um, where, where do you see things moving? I mean, not that you can you know look into a crystal ball and know um, whether it's you know your industry specifically or just what what you can confidently predict. I don't want to definitely say like five years from now, but I mean, you've gone through so many pivots, Lisa. Mm -hmm. What do you think is around the corner? Well, I feel like we've got so much room for growth globally in the territory that we're talking about, Laura. And that's that businesses have to stand for something more than profits. The executive roundtable rewrote its purpose. Essentially, they call it an article. I call it a purpose. Uh, in August, talking about we must stand for something more than profits. And the B Corp leadership said to the executive roundtable, welcome to our world. Let's get to work. So we totally agree. So when I think ahead to, you know, that what, where's Beehive going to be? Where's the world going to be? We don't exist if we're not in step or slightly ahead 
of what our talent market is looking for, what our industry is doing, and really critically what our clients need. That's really driven every one of our pivots. And so I think in five years, I believe that our purpose, that North Star, it's still going to be to use the power of communication to create better businesses and a better world. Our workplace culture here at Beehive is going to be a model for the best companies in the world. In fact, I mentioned that we were just named Best for the World for Workers by B-Lab, and we are just getting started. And finally, I think that we're going to continue to provide strategic consulting and communication services. I believe that leaders are beginning to really open up and see that really strong communication inside their organization is almost the most important tool they have to help to create understanding, awareness, and be able to tell their stories. So I'm confident we'll still be doing that business, but I believe that every client we work with is going to be prioritizing their impact on people, planet, and profits. I think you can. Uh, I think you can add, add my my vote to that. We'll uh, we'll continue down that path. Well, I mean, so many great great uh, parts of this conversation. Um, anything else before we move into the lightning round? If someone you know wants to learn more about Beehive, what's a good place for them to go? How could they How can they find more out? about you? Well, our website is pretty comprehensive. So beehivepr.biz, B-I-Z. You can find a lot of information out there about our Be Well program that you asked about. In fact, we've got some downloadable materials. We feel that this kind of a culture uh, needs to spread. It needs to be advanced. And so we open source and provide all kinds of information about our practices and what the real business outcomes are as a result of those practices. So without the outcomes, it's hard for organizations to make that pivot. Um, But the results for us really do speak for themselves. Um, You can also learn a lot more on our website about Uh, our point of view on change management, on modern workplace cultures. And coming soon, we'll be talking a lot more about purpose, mission, and values, what's right for your brand as we head into this brand new decade. So many good things. I I think I'll spend at least another 45 minutes researching more. You may stay as long (laughs) as you want. As we move into the lightning round, a little... um, glimpse into Lisa's world. Lisa, what is a book that you've read in the last five years that you recommend most? The Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. I'm fairly certain I have gifted more than a hundred copies over the last two years. Okay. What is your favorite app? Evernote, hands down. It holds all the important stuff. And easy to look up. Easy to look up information no matter where I'm at or which one of my children (laughs) might text me from a foreign country and ask me one more time what their social security number is. It holds it all. It is the key to my life. What is a fun fact people would never guess about you? I have mad tamp dancing skills. I was the North Dakota State talent winner back at the ripe old age of 12. Awesome. Do you still own shoes? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> Bust out uh, Thanksgiving. You got it. What time do you wake up in the morning? During the week, I'm up at five, and I rarely make it to double digits in the evening, so I'm a real blast. I was going to say, you're, you're a morning person. I'm a morning person. 
Good deal. Well, Lisa, such a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show and sharing all your wisdom with us today. It was my pleasure, Laura. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Core Talent Connects. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app and share this episode with a friend or colleague. Hi, I'm Laura King from Core Talent. I'd like to invite you to visit coretalent.com to learn more about how Core Talent accelerates business growth through people. That's C-O-R-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. And if you're interested in having me speak on a panel or at your next event about the evolution of recruiting, modern workplace culture, retention, or employee engagement, please drop me a note at lking at coretalent.com or ping me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.